Hello, and welcome to Alive or Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Chris Lavender, and with me is my fellow host, Keith McLeod. Today I'd like to talk about Tear From The Red by Poison The Well. Boys in the Well or Boys in the Well? That's going to fuck me up for the rest of the night. Boys in the Well. Definitely Boys in the Well. Come on. Someone, that, that, that's just like a Mandela effect, right? They were always Boys in the Well. I mean, it has a meaning. It's a, it's a, an argument fallacy, isn't it? Boys in the Well or Boys in the Well? Po- po- or, to poison, to poison, poisoning the well is a, uh, is a, a phrase to allude to something that you will then discredit them with later on it's logical fallacy nonsense i don't understand it i'm not that smart have a look at it online if you that yeah not not something i'm aware of we probably do it i think it's like it's something that you probably do when discussing things but you don't even know it has a name right got you sort of like when people use like straw man as like a, as if to discredit you they use a straw man argument sort of saying there's some other bad and what aboutism and stuff. Just giving a name to something that we do. Anyway. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. If you're uh, new to the podcast, thanks for joining us on Alive or Just Blethering. If, Blethering, if you're coming back, w- welcome back. We're here to talk about Tear from the Red or Tear from the Red. This is going to be Lav's baby. Tear from the Red. Tear from the Red. Tear from the Red. Yeah. And cool. Yeah. So if you want to join in the conversation, do reach out to us on our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, AOGB podcast. You can also send us an email at aogb.podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear sorry, from you. What was that? What was that? Send an email at where? Where? At? I never said that. Eog- you said at. Don't. Let's go back to the recording, everyone. Let's go back to the recording. I'm going to put it in right now. At aogb.podcast at gmail.com. aogb.podcast that, at gmail.com. At, you said at aogbpodcast.com. Okay, Keith. Thank you. Anyway. Like we can't, we can't, we can't go back and do it now. We can't do this live. But I will go back and edit, and I will put that in in slow and motion. RDLGB podcast. And if I was wrong, maybe I'll put in a little bit of a solo thing to be like, "Hey guys, I was right." But you definitely said at at the beginning of the email address. I'll, I'll take your word for it, Keith. Anyway, so hey listeners, just Keith coming in here solo while I'm doing the edit. You tell us, was that an at at the beginning of the email address, or was it just a stutter and a? Uh, at AOGB podcast on Instagram or Twitter if you want to get involved in the conversation. I'm going to die on this hill. I think that was definitely an at. But let's get back to the episode. Uh, yeah, this was a this is an album that I've gone back to like every month since I first heard it. I think really? wow. I think that Botchler to this day might be my most listened to track on Last FM. Like oh boy. of all time. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, let's let's let. I'm just on Last FM now. Yeah, Botchler, 122 scrubbles. What the shit is a scrubble? So before Last FM was called Last FM, it was called Audio mm-hmm. Scrubbler. Right, never knew that. So it used to upload your tracks to that you listen to on iTunes or Winamp, as it was at the time I used to use. We 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 loved Winamp. And so yeah, number one is Botchler. Number two is Wake the Dead. And number three is To the Death by Architects. The right. Really old architects. Oh, original architects, everyone. Yeah. And basically, I've just gone through this list now. My top ten contains three Poison the Well songs. So, a pretty big influence on you then. Not half, by the looks of things. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that <laughs> Not myself. half. It's uh, truth, mate. Fuck, Christ. Yeah, this one was one of those albums I remember... Precisely the person who introduced me to it, Barry, he wanted to start a band. I was living in Edinburgh at the time. Uh, he was back back home. And this was the song that he wanted to do. And I'd heard of Poison the Well. I knew of their existence. They had mm-hmm. just come through, played Edinburgh, basically a month earlier mm-hmm. by uh, supporting Dillinger Escape Plan at the Liquid Rooms. Ooh, savage. And... 
so I knew they existed, but I hadn't. I didn't go to that gig, but I was aware that gig happened and who the support act was. Then Barry says, like, I want to do this Poison the Well song, and basically Botchula was the first Poison the Well song that I ever heard. And then I heard the rest of the album, and I was I was in love. I was hooked. In love. Eh, okay. I mean, I don't have the same um, feelings towards this. Botula is 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 a good song. There was I, I've always known of Boys in the Well because uh, a, a friend of ours, who uh, was the guitarist in, in one of my first bands, or I was the bassist in one of his first bands, he he loved Boys in the Well. Like it was Ross and Boys in the Well went like hand in hand. A little bit like sort of what we were talking about, like funeral for a friend and, and sort of other bands. Like you know, you're just you're just synonymous with this band, and I don't I don't know what it was. I just never, I never kind of got into them. So I've always been aware of the band from that point. You know, you're talking like two thousand four, two thousand five. Here, I was uh, I was made aware of this band. I never went out my way to listen to these guys, and that's not anything against what I heard about them or that's not against anything I just I just don't know I just never crossed the threshold of do you know what I'll check my friend like these these guys I'll go check them out I never did that and so I've gone through my entire life really knowing of them but never actually knowing mm-hmm. boys in the well by the time I'd heard them so this we're talking 2000 really early 2005 now tear from the red was basically three years old at this point yeah and they already had the follow-up, You Came Before You, and obviously the, their debut, the opposite of December, Season of Separation. Those three albums, I just ate them up. Absolutely consumed them. And there was a, a Scottish hardcore band called Azrael, who mm-hmm. were basically a Poison the Well-esque band. They used to play a Poison the Well cover. They used to do Nerdy live right and oh my god the place would just erupt remember this video on myspace of them doing it i think they were playing it in manchester and the place just going absolutely tits <laughs> that's funny yeah they they were they were great and this this album i always just gravitated to tear from the red and it might be because it was the first one i heard mm-hmm. i i will hands down say that you came before you is probably sonically and better written, better produced, better styles the lot. I, it's probably objectively the better album. That's the one I recognise. If we're talking album covers, that's what I recognise for for Poison the Well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I'm not familiar with, with with any of the other album covers. That that you came before you is the one I would say that's that's the that's the Poison the Well album. Couldn't have told you they did four. Five albums. Yeah. Their, their next one that came after you came before you, Versions. That one was a, a strange one when it first came out because it's very much like... It's more like Norma Jean-esque. A bit more... Dis- Which Norma Jean, though? Are we talking early Norma Jean early, or later Norma Jean? Early, early Norma early. Jean. Um, it, it has a lot of vibes of... Oh, God, the aftermath. Mm-hmm. And... I I digged I I dug it I thought it was good it was a bit different it wasn't quite as hardcore and maybe wasn't what I wanted at the at that moment and they'd have yeah. they'd had a lineup change and from what I understand in the recording of versions it was recorded over like four sessions in Sweden so there's a lot of you know attention was paid into the production of it but again it's one of those albums that has just grown on me and it is a it's a it is the definition in my book of a grower tear from the red no no sorry i'm talking about versions now ah the so poison the well i'll i'll say it i'll put it i'll put all my cards on the table here there's bands out there every time i die come back kid they have not made a bad album mm-hmm. however each album and this is no discredit to them, but each album sort of sounds the same as the last. Okay. In in parts, in spaces. Mm-hmm. Very very much with Poison the Well, every album is unique. 
you play me a Poison right. the Well song and I can pinpoint which album it's off just by hearing that song. I can't right. say the same for every time I die. Sometimes I'm like, oh, is that one off? You know, there's a couple of couple of moments where I think their albums are a little bit similar. Yeah, but you're not, con- at the same time, you're not confusing Hot Damn and Radical. Correct. Yes, there, there you've got a big space between albums yeah, and within, production within qualities. Within sort of one stuff. step, you're, yeah, you're, maybe the lines are a bit blurred, but obviously the, the band progressed through their sound. But you're saying Tear From The Red, you could pinpoint which album, which song came from which album, no matter. I think uh, so. Yeah. I mean, there's only five albums, so it's not really yeah. hard. Not, not loads. But at the same time, each album is a standalone and it, it sounds like it was written for that album. It doesn't feel like there was ever any B-sides that were then saved for a, another album, if right. that makes sense. So you were saying you got introduced to this album or you got introduced to the band by a friend. Was was the idea to... like? Just were, sorry, were you looking to start a band on based on this sound, or you know, were you just we're going to get together, jam, do a couple of covers with this stuff, and see where it goes, or how how did that go for? I think option two. It was let's just rehearse a couple of songs, get into a space, and see how it goes. the 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 trouble was I was living a hundred miles away, yeah, and the other four boys were in in each other's you know bedrooms basically. So it wasn't. It, it never panned out, but it was. It got me into it. They were knew they, I was in. Sorry, were they back in? Yeah, back in the northeast. Or were they in it? Ah, so I misconfused that, and I completely thought about a completely different baddie. <laughs> oh no, no, I know what you mean. No, this was my, yeah. my. So this was my friends back in, back in the northeast. We in the northeast. We got our, we had our spaces. We we sort of stayed in touch. I'd only been away from the the place maybe three months at this stage yeah so it's you're still very much rooted there your friends are still there you're still very much that's that's your go-to for doing things as you're learning your sort of your your place in edinburgh i didn't count myself as moving away until i was paying bills and my first (laughs) my first year away from edinburgh i was sorry my first year in edinburgh i was in like halls of residence so i I didn't yeah and you're didn't count you know, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 not a, it's not a home. You know, that's sub those substandard living conditions. Like that's that that's not a home. Like you're you're away from home at that place, and you would go home during the summer or or during the holidays or whatever. That's right. So I was home every you know almost every other weekend. Christmas, I was home for two weeks. Easter, I was home for two weeks. Summer, I was was when I first got a, a flat, and that's when. You know, your first bill comes through and it's got your name on the top of it. And that's when you're like, shit got real. Yeah. If I don't pay this, I'll... I don't have internet anymore. Or or, or or the gas might go off. What do I do then? I, I live here now. <laughs> ah, crap. I live here. <laughs> so this, this was one that, I, this is a band, this is an album that I go back to quite regularly. So it was... N- this week has just been another another normal week to me of, of listening pleasure. Great. Okay, maybe I've I've been like, you know what, I'm gonna to listen to the discography. Let's give that a let's give that a, a whirl. That's that's kinda of what I meant to do to be fair. I kinda of, I kinda of meant to go and listen to You Come Before You because I, I just knew the the image of it so well. I, I did I didn't have time to do that. So I've I've not explored this really more than just tear from the red. I I want to say I did listen to You Come Before You. I think did we not talk about doing Poison the Well like a lot sooner? And I think at that time I might have listened to You Come Before You. I want to say I've listened to that album in the last like year or two. I can't remember. I this was in our in our quest to be chronological, I think this is us going back a couple of years. By well, release, but I think from from, oh, from what you were saying, your your listening preferences. Oh I can I can absolutely pinpoint this is like Early two thousand and five, really, really yeah. early. That I'd literally only heard of the band existing in December of two thousand four. Yep. yep. And I will, I will say it now. I did not go to that gig, and it is one of those like top five regrets of. Yeah, I wish you'd been there. Oh yeah, because at the time, 
the Dillinger escape plan that I knew are not the Dillinger escape plan that they became. Yeah, I heard a lot about Dillinger shows. And I'll be honest, I was I was somewhat intimidated to, to put myself in a Dillinger escape plan show. A couple of reasons. One, I was never overtly familiar with the music. I didn't know every single meaning or hook or lyrical thing. You know, there was a, quite a lot of jokes kicking around the Edinburgh scene. Uh, for forty three percent burnt and stuff like that, and I just wasn't on that EP. Like I didn't know those those references and stuff like that. So then you hear the shows are absolutely fucking wild, and like guys are just going mental at each other. Oh yeah, you know, nineteen twenty year old Keith was a bit like, ah, maybe I'm a bit of a maybe I'm a bit of a pussy, and I don't want to do this. <laughs> maybe I don't want to die a show. I didn't really. I'd list. I'd heard Dillinger. I knew who Dillinger were. I'd listened to those. You know those famous what now are now famous songs from Calculating Infinity, you know, you're 43% burnt and and such. And I didn't really get into them until they're like, I, I always think of Ioworks as the moment that I really twigged and got it, as it were, with, with Dillinger. Uh, they became more, I felt they became a lot more progressive and, really good and then you know i've gone back and miss machine is, is a is a fucking banger and i'm I, i'd like to talk about dillinger one day but mm-hmm. again that was there's a band that i would probably be talking about as a general band rather than like a specific album with them yeah i didn't so much go into calculate infinity like i say 43 percent burnt and stuff like that was not something i particularly knew i did really sort of quite like miss machine I'm not gonna say it. at the time I loved it. It was it was on the on the on the cusp for me of like I know this is good, but I don't quite quite want to listen to all of it yet. Like it's it's I appreciate it, and it was it was obviously very popular at the time. But I then sort of came back, and, and it's interesting when you say Ire like Ireworks was a very different album, and I th- I would probably recognise there was a change in Ireworks and and where they went after that. I don't think I've listened to... No, I did Farewell Mona Lisa. Yeah, Operation... Pa- I gave all the albums I listened to uh, and, until their until their end. But, yeah, I'm sure we will talk about Dillinger soon. One day, one day. So, Tear from the Red, absolutely dripping with nostalgia. This is the first time you've heard of it. What What's your takeaway from Tear from the Red, then? The one thing for me was it was very familiar. It's, you know, having not knowing it, it almost felt like an old friend. It almost felt like a little comfort blanket of like, this is, this was, this was 2003, 2004 in an absolute nutshell. You know, we've, we've talked about it before where 2004 was, I left high school, I was 18, I joined a band, I started going out and experiencing new things and stuff like that. Like, this was... This was this easily was one step away from being the soundtrack to to my two thousand and four. In saying that, holy shit, this album is from two thousand and three, and you know it's from two thousand three. It it sounds like it, doesn't it? It does. It doesn't only just sound like it, but like the everything about it. I'm not saying it hasn't aged well. It kind of hasn't aged well, but everything about it is. From from the cards to, to to the songs to the beatdowns to the screams, it is very much of its time, and and I am of that time, and I have an appreciation for that stuff. But oh boy, a couple of times into this, I just really wanted to like cut the guitars out of the mix. Yeah, they're so. It's as if the the distortion is, and th- th- this is a symptom of the time. I say symptom. You know, this is a product of the time where, like, it was as if distortion was just, you know, let's sample a, a white noise, let's let, let's sample static off the TV and just try and like tweak that a little bit. Like, the there, what I sort of found in the music is there's not a lot of how many guitars are on this album? Two, two, right? What almost similar to Chimera? Why is there two guitars on this album? I don't think. They differentiate a lot. I don't think there's... Give me a riff from this album. There's not really any standard... See, you're, you're, the clogs are uh, turning. There's a lot. I don't, th- uh, there's, there's, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of... 
Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Okay, there's not any sort of... It's not metalcore. It, it keeps getting... It, yeah. I don't think it's metalcore. And people are going to disagree with that. I don't, I don't... This album's not metalcore. This is borderline... This is open... This is, this is screamo. Yeah, it's, to me, this is this is a, a blueprint for what would then later come out as, you know, very emotional hardcore. It is, it is, on, a, it is on a line between hardcore and and that sort of heavy screamo emo that we may have listened yeah. to as well it's heavier than your emos like it's it's heavier than your than your funeral for a friend or your my, Chem- my chemical romance etc like it is absolutely m- more metal than or metalcore than what what those bands were but at the same time it's the, the, the sort of the, the swing from the screams to to the cleans, the acoustic song that's on this album, etc. Like it's it's also very much rooted in in emo while being quite heavy. So that to me, that's just what, what makes it screamo. Yeah, I'll give it that. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I it it does show its age. There's there's no there's no denying that it, it's it's a product of its time, and it's. It's rooted in that 2003-2002 sound. If you'd gone from Opposite of December, which sounds, in in comparison, in comparison to Opposite from Dece- Opposite of December, Tear from the Red sounds absolutely pristine. <laughs> like, right. it, it really is a step up. And I think this is why I, I, I really dig, dig it, because... Each album is such a step up. Like you say, going from Hot Damn to Radical in with Every Time I Die, you know, you can see Total Night and Day that compress that into the next album. And then the yeah. next album after that. It's intense. And this is where if, if I had if if we met someone today who listens to all the same music that I really listen to and then I'm like, Oh, and what do you think of Poison the Well? and they stare at me and go, Who? I'd go, Right. I'd give them you came before you as a, as a starter. Yeah. I'd, 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 I'd give them that one. I'd say, start there. If you like what you hear, go backwards, go backwards. If you don't go forwards, right. Until you find something that you do like, <laughs> because if it's, it, yeah, there's just so much and they're so varied. Um, The closest that I think there's a band, I didn't really listen to too much of them. They were called Hope's Fall. Sounds familiar. So they had uh, they had an album called The Satellite Years, and then they had a, a, one in the middle called A-Types, which is more alternative. And then they've got, like, my favourite of theirs is Magnetic North. But they were, they were the closest that I could say at the time that I listened to of, like, taking that sound as well and having a similar sort of really... Heavy screamo, I suppose is the, the best description I can give. I do quite like Hope's Fall actually, um, but they're a they're a Spotify band for me. They're someone who I didn't really know beforehand. I just sort of found a couple songs through Spotify Radio, and when I looked into them to find out they'd actually been around for so long, I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" I, I had no idea these guys were a thing. I don't remember them coming up in conversations or people recommending them, etc. So I, I'm aware of the band. I've I've liked a few songs on on the old Spotify before. I don't know. Maybe I've just not listened to their earlier stuff to compare them to to this. Mm. They're definitely their later stuff for this. I wouldn't say it was similar, but yeah. The, I mean, I'm saying they're very much of the time. I, I I probably couldn't tell you right now a band that sounded like Poison the Well because every band sounded like Poison the Well at this time. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the the sorry the thing I was saying about like give me a riff from this album. So there are some really standout moments vocally. There's some really standout moments melodically. There's some really standout moments, you know, uh, with beatdowns and kicks and stuff. But it's, it's I think, especially if I'm considering where I was at this time, I'm listening to your Triviums and your Bullet For My Valentines and, like, those sort of heavier metal, metal core bands, mm-hmm. Killswitch Engage, were absolutely getting played every day for me around about this time as well. Like... Just these gritty, staticky sort of just cards just getting constantly pushed through these songs. It was not... It's probably why I never really got into them because it's a sound to this day I still don't particularly enjoy. Fair enough. 
that's that, that sort of makes sense if that's that's not what you were looking for. I would really recommend you do listen to versions and the Tropic Rot if that's what you like, because the guitar work really does develop in their later albums. Like you say, you ask for a riff, and there's one that comes into my head, and I'm like, that's a different album. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, but then there's that one. That's a different album. It's yeah. not on this one. I can only give you that sort of. It is. It is strumming. It's. It's. It's rhythmic. It's intense. Yeah. It's not tight. If if that's the word. If that's what you're looking for. If you're looking for those tight alternate picking and stuff, that's not in this. No, it's very much not. Is it? It's. It's, it's not there at all. It's not. I wouldn't say it's necessarily what I'm looking for. Maybe it is. Otherwise, I'm completely contradicting myself. But it's just it's maybe something I found lacking in in the album. Again, I I I have to state it outright. I did enjoy this album. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, there, there was a lot of moments I did like from it. But just what I think I struggled with was the sort of age of it, like and and how it is very much a product of its time. Yeah, I get you, and it gave me a sort of insight into. What, what became a lot of bands that I, I again, I've, I've spoken about it previously, about going to a, a band's label mm-hmm. and, and having a look through the roster to see what you find. And we, I think we've spoken about Trust Kill on a, on a couple of occasions. We have there, yeah. So bands that were on Trust Kill back in, the, in those days, you had Bleeding Through, 18 Visions... Weren't Trustkill, didn't they? Uh, I'm looking at, because Trust, Trustkill have the uh, controversies tab. So weren't Trustkill part of the, they did that screw over quite a few people. Yeah, so Chris Hornbrook, the, the drummer from Poison the Well, he he speak he spoke ill of, of Josh Grabel uh, in a podcast 20, in 2013, uh, saying they went through some dumb shit with that guy and that he owed the band money. So... Reading between the lines, from what I understand, their relationship with Truskill, I don't know about the money side of things, but they they left Truskill to get signed to Atlantic for mm-hmm. You Came Before You. And as I understand it, Truskill didn't really want to let go of the band. Yeah, that's what I've read also. And, and I'm wondering if there was some sort of like, well, if you guys go to Atlantic... We owe you X amount of money. I don't know. He's clearly, yeah. There's clearly been something. From what I understand, with Trust Kill, it was purely just miss. He just misjudged it, and I think the two thousand eight, two thousand seven sort of credit crunch and the recession mm-hmm. absolutely just fucked his cash flow, and then anything that came after that was just a struggle. So the fact that they that Poison the World had left Trustkill in two thousand and two or two thousand three yeah. for them to be saying he owes us money means in twenty thirteen, yeah. It means there must have been something way before their cash flow problems that, that then eventually led to the demise of the label. I think from what I've read, uh, Tear from the Red was blew up for, for Boys in the Well. It, I think it gave them a lot of exposure. Yeah. It, got it got them sort of on the front of a lot of sort of uh labels and ultimately they ended up going with velvet hammer music who velvet hammer velvet hammer music and management group who were operating as an independent print for atlantic records so from what i've read their contract with Truskill was coming to an end and he he probably wanted to keep them because these guys were about to go big but instead, they've they've opted to go for for another label. So maybe maybe that's the the you've got a a band who are probably about to go for lack of a better word viral. They're they're about to blow up. They're about to get really popular. Their contract's coming to an end. You want to keep these guys for the benefit of your label, but ultimately they've not renewed their contract and they've gone somewhere else. Maybe maybe there's yeah they have a they do have a controversies page, and yeah that's always a great sign for a. A label, isn't it? Very much so. But there's a band that, that was on that was on Trustkill, Terror. I've to this day I've seen Terror live a couple of times. 
they're still tearing at the bits. They are fantastic. Nice. And there's 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 the journey, is that I would be listening to this sort of emotionally charged hardcore back in 2005 and then when sort of versions came out by then my tastes had moved into what became incredibly melodic hardcore stuff have heart as a band that stands out to me as a one that comes to tip my tongue and one we will talk about in a in a few months or so mm-hmm. at the rate we're going through these albums because again it's just having that just energy and emotion all inside this really burst bursting energy of 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 guitars and and everything yeah there's not going to be riffs in there sorry not a lot of riffage as we discussed ah that's that's a very good point actually thanks for bringing that up very low riffage on tear from the red very low riffage uh i'm getting a little bit backed up here actually with a lack of riffage so poor poor riffage from the the boys and the well boys (laughs) yeah the uh it's not like Darkest Hour, yeah. They 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 brought the riffage, but this is not oh, riffage. So much riffage. No, it's it's sort of funny. Like it, it, it's almost strange that I did not get into this band more because, but they're just they've just eluded me so much because I don't recognise any of the band members. I, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird these days. Sort of maybe with with Instagram and 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 what have you. Like you sort of see I don't know you follow the band you you see the band and you actually know the people in the band obviously this is 2003 MySpace was king but I, I, I just I've just it's just weird I've never seen the music videos or I've never seen the I've never seen the music videos I've never seen them online I've just never seen any much of a presence from this band I get that they broke up a while ago you have you have seen the Botula music video it is again quintessential hardcore band video you might not have actually seen the actual video but you have seen this okay you have seen this style of video a million times my point is i'm actually referring to the personnel of the band like i don't i just there's no familiarity there there's no recognition of to who these guys were and that still just sort of blows my mind a little bit because i'm just kind of like i had a picture of ryan premark on my MySpace page. Yeah, and I could not could not tell you. You show me a picture of Poison the Well, I could not tell you who Ryan was. What is amazing is that I think they're just one of those bands that inspired a lot of other bands through the, the songs, the, the songwriting techniques, through the, the yeah. sound that they were making and the, the videos that they made, as, a, as I'm joking when I'm talking about Botchler, is that they just make that, that so many other people took bits of it and made their own music from it, yeah, and made their own thing out of it. And it, they, I just feel like they, this is the band that inspired millions. What, what's that you've just seen? So I just looked at the botch of the music video, and it's um, it's almost like a motion graphic with all the the lyrics floating on it. And before we started. I was like, I wanted to double check a lyric because I'm like that. I I know I've got this wrong, and it's one for misheard lyrics. But I thought I didn't think it was botchla. I thought it was later on. But I thought the line was "shave my body," but it's "shape my shape body." Shape my body as I feel torn, broken. Yeah. I just thought the guy was singing "shave my body," like as if it's maybe preparing for a sacrifice or, or or something. I don't I don't know where I got it from, but I could have sworn that line was "shave my body." I I really like I quite like the lyrics on this album. It's it, again, it just appeals, you know, eighteen year old, nineteen year old me. Just all that angst, all that you know, girls. Just not. This was just yeah. so like on the nose, but for my, for the age that I was, this just tapped, ticked. It's not even ticked the box. It was like all the all the right buttons getting pressed, and I think that's another thing that sort of drew me into it. I didn't I didn't really get any red flags. Admittedly, there was maybe one or two things I wanted to double check, but nothing nothing as bad as as hit the floor from last week. <laughs> what what about the vocalist Jeffrey Jeffrey Moira? Moira? Jeffrey Moira, how 
I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but what's what's your what's your impression of the vocals? And obviously, you're aware of how where the sound went, but off of this album, Tear from the Red, where where where's where do the vocals stand for you? I really like them, but I think they can be a little bit. How I don't know how to how to word this a little bit rari, a little. <laughs> they're throaty. They've, they've they've got some they've got some they've got some balls to them, which is one way of putting it. And the mm. fact that he can switch from that and do the not quite clean singing, but it is clean singing. Mm-hmm. I like that it's not like proper high pitched. You know the type we were talking about crab core on still remains, mm. you know where they they're really clean, super every word oh. is is completely and then and then you've even got a little bit of auto tune in there in later later bands in the in the early two thousand and tens we're def we're definitely going to talk about that when we hit um dance Gavin dance and Johnny Craig, yeah, yes, we are like that the hyper clean like it it was like a new breed of vocalist where like oh these shit these guys can sing. Like it's not just a guy who can scream trying to do cleans. It's 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 someone who can sing clean, and scream. Mm-hmm. I think that was I think that was the difference there. I think Jeffrey gets a strikes a fantastic balance of really aggressive, harsh vocals, mm-hmm. and when the cleans come in, I've watched a couple of live videos. They did a they did a live DVD which was called Tour from the Red, I think. Or two are from the tear from the road. I can't remember which which way around it is. Nice though, nice. And the, the whoever whoever recorded those, they are some of the best sounding live recordings I've ever heard. Like they they were clearly plugged into the the mixing desk for these recordings, and it's so well balanced. But Jeffrey can pull it off in those. And I've, again, sadly, sad to admit, I've never seen Poison the Well live. As I understand it, they were an incredibly hard working band, and they did come to Glasgow, Edinburgh, even the UK and Europe on several occasions. But these guys were just never off the road in America by the sounds of things. Like, they're just non-stop. Totally relentless. It does, it does look like the, uh, they did a, they worked with a hell of a lot of bands uh, in tours and to even just to promote this album. It's, it's pretty impressive stuff. I love their their Instagram account is because obviously they're not they are sort of they they have reunited for for shows only they're not writing new material they're not releasing new mm-hmm. albums they've re released albums on vinyl and Jesus Christ they go quick they are yep. they are hot property they were all they were already they were releasing vinyl records in the early two thousands which was unheard of yeah no one was doing I mean, that not not in not in the same way that it is today where it's like the done thing but back mm. in the early 2000s the hardcore scene still listened to a lot of vinyl so they did limited runs on their vinyl records and poison the well still every once in a while will throw a, a repress out there, there super super limited and poof it's gone I think so, an Instagram post that was 22 minutes old and it was a repress of Tear from the Red and I was like, oh, I'm in. In there. Swimwear. Let me get this. Sold out. Gone. I think there was only Gone 500. Season. Just to even look at the bands that they toured with. So according to the old, uh, the old Wikipedia dot... Oh, I was going to completely rip off another podcast joke there, but I'm not going to do that. So according to Wikipedia, you know, the, between November 2001 and October 2002, bearing in mind this was released February 19th, 2002, they toured with Unearth, Hatebreed, God Forbid, Shadows Fall, Converge, uh, Hemlock, 18 Visions, Code 7, From Autumn to Ashes. I'm skipping some of these here. <laughs> Glassjaw, Vex Red, Rise Against, K, fucking yes, Kill Switch Engage, Thursday, the fuck? Yeah, they were they were bread and butter of the hardcore scene in the early two thousands. They were they were they were in there, all involved. You know, some of those bands that you've mentioned there, from Autumn to Ashes, fucking phenomenal band, incredibly emotional band. There's there's the line there when you with from Autumn to Ashes, they they were 
they had that really high pitched screaming in there. Really different. I I have confused from autumn to ashes with from August Burns Red. August Burns Red. Oh, that's a different band altogether. I know, I know. I just, when you said they're really emotional, I was like, no, they're not. They did that Britney. Oh, it's a different band. <laughs> <laughs> Aye. They've, yeah, they, they got on a lot of tours and it shows. I think they tried to release a split with 18 Visions that never saw the light of day. That'd have been cool. And cool. 18 Visions is probably a band there. I was, I was saying like a bands that sort of influenced them. I would say that Poison the Well, what they were doing in 2002 is what 18 Visions saw in 2004 with Obsession. And we're like, there, that's the, I think that's, I think there's a, there's a, a really close link to that. Oh, I don't In parts, think... in parts. Uh, uh, oh. Care to define any of those parts? When you've got the rough, the, the, say the rough, the aggressive singing in Obsession, I think it's got a really similar vibe to what Poison the Well were doing. They would do a whole track of it, but I'm just talking inspiration. I'm not seeing it, they they ripped a riff off or they ripped a sound or they ripped a. Like a, a tone or anything like that. It's just okay. there's there's some kind of sprinkling. I'm talking like glitter or a sparkle. Just the the the. Okay, okay. A, a ver- I don't I don't, I, I don't want you to die on this hill. A fine scent of vanilla through it. <laughs> I don't if, if you think so, if you think so, fair enough. I would perhaps disagree with that, but that very very much possible. They 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 were um, label mates. On Trust Kill as well, by the looks of things. So that's, th- th- I suppose that would have been cool. The um, I suppose just to come back t- to the vocals, to come back to the vocals and to come back to to Jeffrey, I, I don't I don't want to shit on them, I, I don't want to shit on them. I'm not, but I did find them sort of strained at points. I th- I thought there was a I thought there was a a little bit like vocal parkour sometimes where the guys got. You know some of the screams that he's putting out on some of these tracks, and then you, the, the I, I don't know, I don't understand why the acoustic song is on this album. The uh, is it moments over exaggerate horns? No horns, horns and, and tails. Yeah, track six horns and tails. I don't. I mean, you've you've got the start of botula. It's it's acoustic. It's it's obviously nice and chill and stuff like that. I don't. Horns and tails doesn't. This is from a different album. Or, or this was just something. It just, it feels like it was just something they sort of put on to, to, to make it up because I don't think anything else really suggests a similar a similarity to that to that song. Does that make sense? It's just so stand out there, mm-hmm. so standalone that I'm like, why why is this here? Okay. I, it's by no means a bad song. I just don't know why it's on this album. So to come back to the vocals, I just do. F- I think the cleans work in horns and tails, but there's other parts of these songs where the the cleans don't work, and they they find they feel quite strained mm. and forced forced in. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what I'm trying to say. They, they feel quite, you know, like like square peg round hole, but just cram that fucker in there. Mm. Um, not even necessarily aggressively, just doesn't. I'm a bit like, oh, did you did you need to do that at that point? I did pick up from the. From the wiki page, they originally were going to put a cover on Tear from the Red, and it was going to be a cover of Smashing Pumpkins today. Is that is oh what's is it... today is the greatest day? Uh, I don't know. Not, really, not, not, not a vocalist, are you? <laughs> mi, mi, no, I have mixed emotions on Smashing Pumpkins, but anyway. I don't like Smashing Pumpkins. I will not. I don't mind saying that. I don't ah, like Smashing Pumpkins I, at all. Have... Billy Corgan's a fucking weirdo. Yes, he is. There, there we go. There, that is that. Is, they will agree on that. Uh, I, I don't mind one of their albums. I will put it on every once in a while. But outside of that, anyway, they were going to put today on, and they had it recorded, and it's to to this day, as far as I'm aware, it's unreleased. And they were gonna, right. so they were gonna put a cover on, but then they were like, "Now nah, we've got twelve like songs i mean you could say 12 they've got carsey street on there which is a uh a, a sort of in joke for the band they 
they made that sort of they they end up making an album which was all original material, other mm-hmm. than Marlon Brando giving us horrors that you've seen speech and Carsey Street. That is it's another thing I feel is wedged in there. It's another thing I sort of feel is like what what is that? There's just, what theme is that? running on where is what how is that referenced elsewhere or what what it's as if they just heard like this really cool speech and wanted to put it in so they did it it doesn't seem to have a lot of context to me yeah they uh, from what i read a they carsey street was the street that they would they were staying at with a friend and they used to watch apocalypse now that was it right they like it apparently i've not i've not my my knowledge on apocalypse now is uh pretty pretty loose i've seen it i'm not i'm not an absolute apocalypse now head i don't i don't know where 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 all the references come from i know they killed that cow there's a scene where they sacrifice a cow that happened the problem with vietnam movies we're going to get into movies now sorry guys if you were here to listen about poison the well we're going to talk about movies now the problem with Vietnam movies is Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Tropic Thunder has ruined every Vietnam movie. This has came well out of left field. Fucking what? right, it has. But we, I mean, it's got an apocalypse now. We're talking about the tracks on. Yeah, but Tropic Thunder. Okay, please. How has Tropic Thunder ruined Vietnam movies? It made a joke of them. It made an absolute joke of them. So okay, all the scenes that that are in Apocalypse Now have been satirized so i now can't uh-huh. watch these incredibly serious and well, the, the scene so th- um that 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 speech the horrors that you've seen speech mm-hmm. that's when when they burst into the to get um ben stiller's character and he's but fyi i've not seen tropic thunder in probably when it first came out like i went to the cinema to see it and he's like lost he's lost his mind and he's he's absolutely off it and he's just like because he's just totally in this character, and he they have to snap him out of it. That's the, right. the getting Colonel Kurtz back. That's what they're doing, isn't it? <laughs> but then, have you okay, seen an, another another one that ruins this? Have you ever seen Hot Shots Part Two? <laughs> of course, I've seen Hot Shots Part Two with Charlie Sheen uh, and Martin Sheen. Yeah, there we go. Same idea. They they're just ripping on it, and it absolutely ruins these super serious movies. Anyway, we need to talk about. We need to keep talking about Poison the Well. We've we've had feedback that we need to stay on track. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. No, we have. We have. Carsey Street as well. So, irrespective of the of the the sample of the Martin Martin, oh, what's his name? Brando. Marlon Marlon, Brando. Of the Marlon Brando. <laughs> Ma- Martin Brando. Marlon's Mar- brother. No, Martin Sheen. I just said Martin Sheen. Again, musically, there's nothing else on the album like that. Wrenching gin. Rim Jim Jim like you wanted a riff super su- you asked for a riff earlier there was one it's not the riff I was thinking of but that is a riff you're right it's it's super slow it's super heavy it's sludgy it's fucking filthy that Rim Jim Jim they don't that's not this album again like nothing else on that album they never go into like a half time sort of or maybe they do I'm, I'm I haven't learned the album by heart, but like you know, there's no points of like really super heavy, sludgy, like halftime breakdowns and stuff like that. Like where you're just like absolutely destroying a china. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it comes back to horns and tails where there's just the odd moment on this album that sort of stands out as not really fitting in. Yeah, I guess there's not anything that slow. They do have those breakdowns. Those. That discordant sure. moments, which sure. again, I feel that they they nail in the next album, and right. I suppose the sort of the long and short of it is, I love Tear from the Red. I think it's absolutely one of my clearly one of my biggest influences when it comes to listening to to music. But I, I do admit that their following albums. Are better in in a in in all objective senses, not just, just subjectively. When you, just when you said discordant there, 
it reminded me of a moment on the album. So track seven, Sticks and Stones Never Made Sense. The end of that song is is a sort of beatdown, is a breakdown with with what is your sort of traditional, your sort of like mute in a Discord, right? Dun, eh, dun, dun, right? But it's not discordant enough for me. It's not like an absolutely filthy ringing out like Discord. Okay. It almost sounds as if like they're just kind of like they're, they're doing like the chim, 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 but it's not actually discordant. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, and that 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 pissed me off because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I want that to be heavier. I want that to be filthier, especially around about this time where. If I think if I think back to two thousand four, I'm in I'm in my emo band and like that's where I learned what a Discord was. Like those guys were like, oh yeah, you do this, and we were like trying to get Discords in everywhere because everyone was trying to get Discords in everywhere. Like I wanted that bit to be heavier, and I was a bit pissed off that I didn't get it. <laughs> there you go. There, 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 there's a moment I can definitely reference. Sticks and stones never made never made sense. Get that fucking beat down heavier because you could. <laughs> I think my favorite track though. It is is possibly the last track, park, parks and recreation, uh, parks and what you meant to me, mm-hmm. and again it does that thing that it, that we talked about at the end of darkest hour, which it bleeds into the first track. Mm-hmm. It, it ends on the first opening note of botula. It, it ends on right. that deluding, and I'm like, oh, oh, do it again. I love it. The, you just you just want to listen to the the whole album one more time. It just reminds you of like where you came from, and you go, "Yep, play it again, Sam." You know, just yeah. give me give me all that one more time, and it's good stuff. I I just love that when when bands do that. If you want, to, but you know, FYI, any band, if you want me to buy your album, play the play the first chord at the end again. Oh, you've got me. Yeah, that full circle. I think we talked about before in a few albums. The uh, I think for me I want to s- a lot of the songs were a lot of the album was a bit similar to me but I think uh, and I'll, again a lot of moments stand out it's been pretty good there are just there's just so many good moments on this album but if I had to maybe pick a song I think Rings from Corona I think that was just a bit more track four I think that was just a bit more balls out a bit more riffy that had a, had more riffage and I think it was a bit more of a consistent consistent number for me. Yeah, to me, this is one of those albums I will not skip a single song on. That's but that's just that's pure nostalgia, and all the all the I will forgive its its flaws. Yeah, full disclosure, I wouldn't I wouldn't skip a song on this either, and I didn't skip a song on this. Maybe in hindsight, I would probably go over horns and tails oh, every now and again. Like you know, I would I would be like, oh, I'm not really. You know, I want to get back to some riffage. I want to get back to some 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 more beatdowns rather than than this moment in time. But another thing interesting about this album, it was relatively easy to listen to, given that it's thirty minutes and nineteen seconds. Thirty minute albums absolutely mm-hmm. suit my life to the ground. Should not be underestimated. I don't know. I, I things in life, if you are getting somewhere. 30 minutes. My walk to work, <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes. A bus into town, 30 minutes. Absolutely just fits. You've got, what, what, how yep. long? How long's lunchtime? 30 minutes. Ping, in the headphones. Maybe those are the ones when, oh, you know what, I've got to skip, I've got to get a minute each side, I'll skip one track. Mm-hmm. But then, that's it, just to get to the end. I, I absolutely love a 30 minute album and there are going to be a lot more that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, I think. Can't. Can't wait. Okay, we're coming up on an hour for Tear from the Red. Any any final thoughts on this album? I absolutely have so much nostalgia for this album, so I can't speak ill of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that someone who maybe wasn't as into it finds it quite a more of a challenging listen. But I would highly recommend, if anyone doesn't quite get into Tear from the Red, is to go to the next album, which was a lot more refined. And mm. each album just became better and better. And to this day, though, it's like this is the, the B-plus album, if you were doing those tier ranking things. <laughs> right. And 
it just it, it only gets better. Every album was good, but the next one was better. There's there's my final words on it. I'm glad we talked about this album then. If the next one after this is better, <laughs> <laughs> had to talk about the ones that meant something to me at the time. No, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, sure. Poison the well, boys in the well, tear from the red, tear from the red. I don't know. I'd like these guys to pick a pick a lane. <laughs> the uh, Look, I enjoyed this. I, I, I'll say it again. I did enjoy this album. There was a, a lot of nostalgia here for me as well. A lot of the early sounds that sort of, you know, when when you're sort of branching out and finding your own music and stuff like that, or the, this was very much a sound I recognised from from the early years, two thousand three to two thousand four or five. I, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm going to slip this into my rotation. It's not a new Jimmy Eat World here. It's not a new Bleed American, but it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. It was fun. Overall, anything negative I may have said is inconsequential because generally, generally a fun album and, and, and like you say, total nostalgia trip. So it was it was cool. And maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit sad. I maybe missed the boat on Boys in the Well. But I don't know. I still had a pretty good time regardless. So rock and roll, baby. Nice. Nice. So now we're going to go on to our one and only section. Segment. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? So this week I've not managed to listen to a lot. Once again, I was on the road this weekend. I was back in Scotland for another wedding. Congratulations, Ricky and Kirsty. Beautiful, beautiful day. Thanks for having us. But it sort of, you know, I, I did more time with podcasts this time on, on the drive than, than, than I did with music. Uh, Tear from the Red is not something my, my wife would enjoy, although she did get, you know, a good listen to it today. Yeah, I've, I've really been getting into this uh, mid-flight brawl podcast, the, the two Aussie comedians just going through, the air, you know, fights on airplanes and, and disruptions in airports and stuff like that. It's just fucking hilarious. They're a bit... The comedy itself, you you might think, you know, they did an episode today where they were perhaps mocking of an obese person, but when you find out what the guy did on the plane, he was a bit of a fucking piece of shit anyway. So, you know, it's, it's, you you may think, oh no, these guys are assholes, but no, I think I think it's on in good good jest. So I've been listening to to that quite a bit. I find that quite funny, but one. One day this week, I uh, was in the gym. I was bored. I was like, I've not got any music to listen to. I've gone through the 30 minutes of Tear from the Red. I need something else <laughs> to get me through. And I listened to Scion by Scion. So that is, I mentioned them, I want to say I mentioned them on the Killswitch Engage episode because Scion is Howard Jones and Jared Dines. Yes. Aware of him. So. So they did. They did a song called "The Blade," and the, that's a ripper. Like that. That that is that is very much a, a, a balls out metalcore track. So I really, I really liked "The Blade," and I just completely missed the fact that they did an album as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've never heard it actually. I'll need, need to hunt it out. So hang on, let me let me bloody bring it up. Scion by Scion. Uh, it came out in at the end of twenty twenty one. Yeah, it came out then. It did come out late 2021. 12 songs, 44 minutes, Scion. Good. Just just good, actually. A good example of some some balls out metalcore. It'll sort of get your blood pumping a little bit if, if you're into that sort of stuff. It, 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 I don't want to just always put Howard Jones and Killswitch Engage in the same in the same boat, but for fans of Killswitch Engage, definitely, definitely check out Scion. It's got way more genty vibes. Uh, with Jared on there, but quite quite enjoyed that. Also, an album with a random acoustic song on it, but yeah, kind of fit the vibe a bit more. To be fair, <laughs> so that's what I've been listening to, or that's what I'm going to bring to what I've been listening to is Scion by Scion and Mid Flight Brawl. Good. I obviously Poison the Well. When I listen to one album. I always want to listen to more, so I've been mm-hmm. going through the discography. There was a band I I really like everything they do called Citizen. 
they released a new song called Bash Out. So been giving that a listen, and I think I ended up putting on Citizen Radio on Spotify and getting some older sort of emo grunge stuff that I used to listen to sort of in the mid-2010s. So there's a band called Super Heaven, Australian band that I've, I've seen perform a few times live. I think I've even supported them in and given their band, their album Jar a listen. Great if anyone wants to listen to something that's just got some some really like grunge vibes, but yeah. but with a modern sort of rock and sort of punk sad. It's called you know you could call it sad boy emo or what do you want to call it. Uh, then you told me last week about this lo-fi Japan playlist. <laughs> Yeah. So turns out I listened to the wrong one, but <laughs> it did put me onto something. So I've been back at college this week, and I listened to the soundtrack from Ghost of Tsushima. Right. Which, for anyone who wants a, a soundtrack to listen to, oh, fucking magnificent! It will is so good. It is so so good. And that just took me down a, a route of sound, more soundtracks. So I listened to the Tenet soundtrack uh, by Ludwig Goriksen. And mm-hmm. have, I, have I butchered? I put in work as Ludwig. Tell me tell me that line. Have, have I? Uh, Goransson. Ludwig Goransson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give that a listen. Mm, another another wonderful soundtrack to, to behold. And I also for the first time really listened to a band that I'd not listened to since maybe 2014, a sludgy heavy band called Kowloon Walled City. Okay. Highly recommended for fans of, you know, ISIS, Cursed, all that sort of, yeah, give them a listen. They had an album that came out tail end of, of 2021 I hadn't really given any time to. Oh, well, again, magnificent band. Give that, give that a shot if you you want something a bit doomy. Say magnifique. Yeah, maybe not for the gym. It's a little bit slow, but I don't know. Might be into it. The I was just actually one thing I've on Spotify. One thing I've sort of ignored recently is I've I've just not liked enough songs. If I hear a song, I used to like it, and then it goes into your liked songs liked songs playlist. And it always gave me a chance to go back and to listen to those songs and remember to explore those people a bit more. And I've just ignored that. Like I haven't, I haven't done much of that recently. Uh, ironically, though, the "Sigh on the Blade" <laughs> is is on there from from May first, twenty twenty one. But coming off of Sion, what I did here was uh, Silosis after Lifeless Years. Oh wow, there's a band I've not heard a name of for yeah, a long time. On the album "Conclusion of an Age," so. I've known Silosis for, for everyone knows of Silosis, I'm sure, but it wasn't a band I've particularly listened to. But for whatever reason, that after Lifeless Years was was an absolute ripper. So I might go check out them next week. Get a bit more Silosis in my in my face. Well, actually, what are you going to be asking me to listen to next week, Keith? Well, yeah, I'm just gonna let's not even dick around with this. I'm not. Let's pull the plaster off and. Get the vomit bucket ready because let's do Roadrunner United. We've talked about it enough. It's brought being it's been up in conversation uh, since since the formation of the podcast. This one's been on your bucket list. Yep. F- for the right or the wrong reason, we'll find out this week. Yep. It's um I've kind of been building to it. I sort of knew weeks ago that I was gonna do you know, I was like two thousand five on our spreadsheet quite clearly st- is this era for me so you know you've got Trivium you had Bullet and I was like yeah let's 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 put in Roadrunner United and, and see what we can come come up with uh, again maybe, maybe even similar to Triv- uh, sorry similar to Bullet I don't really think I'm looking forward to this I'm thinking of the, the to my memory the, the names of the people involved because you've got Mark Hunter from Chimera you've got your Matt Heafy from from Trivium Oh, I've, there's so many people. Like, I mean, Joey Jordison. Like, I don't know if you remember, they did the team captains. Oh, fucking hell, Christ. They God, did, they this did is going to be a throwback and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be Mingan, I think. It's going to be really Mingan. <laughs> Mingan is, 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 uh, is going to be brought up. That's going to be my word 
if they're going to have a minging count when we talk about this next week. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Although, coincidentally, talking about the Blade, talking about Sion, talking about Howard Jones, the, I remember the first song off of the All-Star Session. I'm looking at it now, the All-Star Sessions. It's called Rotary United. I wonder if that was the UK name for it. Uh, the Dagger opens with Howard Jones, and that's an... Does it? Hang on. No, it's, yeah, it is. It's lyrics... According to the wiki, it's it's quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. The um, it do, it does absolutely just has that pick slide in Howard screaming, and the, the I remember the dagger being a, a bloody good song, but let's. Oh yeah. It's it's an hour, oh my god! It's an hour and seventeen minutes. Oh, why you do this to me, Keith? <sighs> I, I give know. you thirty minute bangers, and then you hand me this dog shit. Great. I know, you could literally listen to Tear from the Red like two and a half times and what it's going to take us to get through this. So next, <laughs> next week I'm going to talk this about Tear from gonna, the Red again. This is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much everyone for listening. We have been Alive or Just Blethering. Do check us out on our socials at AOGB Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook or email us aogb.podcast at gmail.com and give us a shout it'd be great to hear from you next week on Alive Just Blethering if you want to join us we're going to be talking about Rodney United the all-star sessions here comes the pain good night good night